Welcome to the Not Last Podcast, Episode 20, The Revival, Part 1. It's been a little while since I've given an update. Thanks for tuning back in. Let's get to it. Welcome, 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 and thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, It's been a little while since I left off last, and I apologize for that, but life has taken some unexpected twists and turns, and I'm here now uh, to give you an update on everything. And um, thanks again for following along and tuning into this. We are, first, I'm going to transition the um, the podcast format into, uh, I think, I don't know that I can consistently keep up with seasons, and I don't know that there's good starting and ending points for seasons, so we're just going to move it into episodes. So this is officially episode 20 of the Not Last podcast. If you've listened to all of them, uh, wow, you are a dedicated listener, so <laughs> thanks for tuning in, <laughs> and keep staying keep, keep staying with me. Um, okay, well, uh, left this off last with... I was going into surgery to get my um, old failed bone graft removed and a new one and my dental implant removed and a new one put in. So the surgery went uh, pretty, really well. It went really well. It was a lot more intense than the surgeon had expected it to be. Turns out that uh, the entire bone graft had um, become infected and was just kind of rotting away in my face. So less than ideal scenario, but uh, my surgeon was great, pulled everything out, cleaned it all up, put a new bone graft in there, and um, I am just waiting for for that to heal for another handful of months before I go in probably this uh, probably this fall or winter and um, get get the implant done before I can get the crown with the tooth put on. So I have a retainer I'm wearing now and um, getting back into uh, life with a retainer. It's been a little tough, but managing with that. So the, uh, yeah, surgery went really well. The recovery went really well. It was hard to be off off of everything for a little while, but uh, my coach worked really well with me. I have a great coach and a great team around me, and um, they kind of got me, got me rallied up and, and back on it. So had a great several weeks of, of consistent training. I don't think I went less than uh, I don't think I went less than 14 hours a week of training um, on average for for about six six or seven weeks. So really good block of training uh, with that, and the recovery was coming swimmingly. So that was the end of February, and then um, throughout that whole process, while I was uh, not at work and off the bicycle, I was making plans to travel to uh, Chile to uh, to race the Chilean National Championships in the road and time trial. My uh, contact at the Chilean Federation had confirmed a date for the Chilean National Championships, and I was um, I had flights I had I have flights booked. Um, hotels ready. I was getting ready to to do my uh, COVID testing, get my negative COVID tests pre-flight, and getting ready to quarantine with my sister down in Chile and her her niece uh, as well. Everything was happening at a whirlwind, kind of breakneck speed sort of thing. And then um, we got into me coming back to work. And so... Um, Came back to work and things were uh, things have been getting a little tense at work and getting um, a little more frustrating and, and difficult to be there. 
and um, I gave them my confirmed dates for travel, and ultimately uh, we kind of came to an impasse where either I could go or I could keep my job. So uh, at the time, I elected to go, and I uh, resigned from the bike shop. So that bridge was, um, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, that bridge was burned pretty hard. But ultimately, I had to do what was right for me. And um, my stress levels were out of control. My anxiety was was really uh, boiling over. Um, and I just, I, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I'm so burnt out from having to navigate the shop through COVID and navigate um, customers on the day-to-day basis, either the people experiencing homelessness coming into the shop or people not wanting to wear a mask or trying to flaunt the rules or just difficult customers. It just everything was getting really, really difficult. And I could see that one, I knew beyond a doubt that I didn't have another busy season in me in the bike shop. I've been at this for 15 plus years and I just, I've reached my limit where I didn't have another busy season in the bike shop in me. So one way or the other, a change had to be made, and this was was kind of the um, the catalyst to make this happen. Was traveling for the the Chilean national championships. So I resigned from the shop and um, took a calculated risk. My wife and I talked about it, and um, ultimately we decided that that we could afford to make this happen. Albeit it's a stretch, but um, we we're doing it. We're making it happen. After that. My uh, plans kind of, well, <laughs> I guess, to be honest, the bottom fell out is is what happened. Um, and if I, I assume if you're listening to this that uh, you're in my corner, or if you're not, you're doing this because you're a cynic and you just like to hear the struggle. But <laughs> either way, um, this, is, this is my platform to talk about it, and um, I, I appreciate you listening for better or for worse. So the bottom fell out of my plans, and um, COVID or the the Chilean government went back into another lockdown and shut down everything. So the national championships were postponed or have been postponed, and I have been um, uh, transferring my ticket dates. I had to cancel my trip and transfer my ticket dates out further and further and further. So what was March then turned into April. And then they started to come a little bit out of lockdown and then um, went right back into a second lockdown back to back. And so the government stepped in again and shut everything down. So um, that was uh, March, that was April, and I've ultimately had to cancel my flights. Um, Thankfully, I bought trip insurance. Uh, When in doubt, always buy trip insurance. If there's one thing I've learned from this so far, it is to always always and forever spend the extra money to get your trip insurance because I got that whole trip refunded to me, um, uh, which was all, uh, uh, which basically drained my GoFundMe account uh, from all of the, the generous donors and supporters from from everybody. So um, thank you again for everyone who's tuned in and who has donated to my GoFundMe account. Um, it means more than you know uh, to be able to have that kind of support from you guys, even if it's you know, it's $10 here or $50 here or whatever. Anything is so, so very much appreciated. Um, and it goes towards my my dream and, and some of, there's a little bit of outfitting and there's there's a, largely it's just it's travel costs. Um, so when it's time to travel, I've been um, making plans to do so. So that's been um, 
that was a real kind of gut punch was getting the national championships postponed and then postponed again, canceling trip, telling my sister and disappointing my niece that, um, <clears throat> that I wasn't able to attend or wasn't able to travel down there, uh, was, was really hard because I was, uh, I was really looking forward to it. I really wanted to go down to Chile for a multitude of reasons. Um, you know, the overarching one was to, is to, is to race, um, but also to see my sister and to see my niece and, and to go down to Chile and, and, and be with them as well was, was a big part of me wanting to go. So after all of that, I had to kind of come to a grinding halt and or what felt like a grinding halt and um, kind of reevaluate what my priorities are and how I can go about trying to get um, points to qualify for for um, for races and get on the boards and get noticed by the Chilean Federation. So the way that this system works is it's a very complicated system of points and points accumulation, but you have to earn points in races, which means you have to place high enough to be in the points, uh, to be in contention for points. And um, those points then uh, get you a higher ranking, which then gets you more noticed by the selection committee for uh, the National Cycling Federation. So in this case, it's for the Chilean Cycling Federation. Now, they don't have much in the way of a road team. It's really, really expensive to have a developed road program, um, uh, multiple millions of dollars to, de- to develop a, a good road program. Um, but they do have um, a fairly... Hmm, I guess a fairly developed mountain bike program and cross-country mountain bike program. So I have been um, poking around and looking at opportunities and looking at options to maybe consider transitioning a little bit from the road scene into the mountain bike scene, specifically the cross-country racing. So not the big jumps and not the big crazy sketchy downhills this is a usually cross-country racing is a lap-based format with uh, some fairly technical spots some drops uh, some technical rock gardens usually or some root gardens um, but there's a fair bit of climbing and they're usually in the hour to an hour and a half uh, uh, timeline for for duration of the race which is is kind of my sweet spot for effort um, is in that hour hour and a half um, kind of zone so uh, I think it may suit me really well where it can be just kind of an off-road time trial if I can get my uh, mountain bike skill uh, base, my, my technical skill base to handle myself on a mountain bike uh, up to par. So in the meantime, what I've done is um, I have sold some bike parts and sold some bikes and have uh, been able to pick up a used full suspension Trek Superfly, uh, 2015 Trek Superfly. Um, tore it down and updated it and upgraded it and uh, had the suspension serviced and, and all that stuff. And so now I've got a cross-country racing bike and I've been uh, thoroughly enjoying that. I was able to uh, enter my first ever cross-country race, the Mudslinger XC, just to kind of see where things were at. I have no line in the sand and no bearing to see where how things go. Um, I I've really enjoyed it. It's mentally just stimulating and really fun to do. Versus a road ride, for example, I can just kind of 
you know, I have a workout to execute and I can just hit it and I can kind of turn my brain off a little bit where I've, I've spent so much time on the road that it's, um, it's not super mentally stimulating. Um, it's just hard and it just gets harder and harder and harder, which is fine. Uh, being the masochist, um, the intrinsic masochist that I am, I enjoy that, but it's, uh, it's still, um, way more fun to be on the mountain bike. It's, it's just a lot more stimulating. So, I've been enjoying that a lot, and I was able to enter my first uh, mountain bike race, just a local, a local race, and had no idea how I was going to do. Entered into the Cat Two Men's Race. Um, I knew what my strengths were, and my strengths are a great big engine, and uh, my weaknesses come into the the downhill technical sections. So I knew if I could just smash the climbs as hard as I could, and then I could probably you know, uh, lose time on the descents and then it would ultimately even out. So I did that and was able to pick my way through the entirety of the field. Um, uh, I was pretty far back and worked my way all the way to the front and uh, I ended up fourth in my category. So I was pretty happy with that for never having done a cross-country mountain bike race before. Didn't crash, uh, walked a tiny section but was able to ride almost all the features and I know where I was able to, where I was losing time. I knew that on the technical sections that it was um, a little outside of my comfort zone. I never really got into like the red zone where it felt sketchy and dangerous. So I, I made it a point to stay within myself and stay within my comfort level. But I definitely pushed myself into kind of the, I was in the green zone on the climbs and it was just fine and comfortable. And then on the descents, I was probably somewhere in like, uh, green, yellow, and maybe just dipping a little further into the yellow zone than, um, uh, than I had expected to. But I never really got into, into kind of a red zone where I felt dangerous or felt out of control, like I was going to crash really hard or anything. So I felt great about that. Um, and to end up with fourth um, in the category, not fourth overall, but fourth in the category of the Cat 2 men's was, was pretty good. Um, so I had intended to enter another race that was out in Bend called the Bone Crusher Cross Country Course. And I have um, <laughs> I have since uh, gone out for a couple of training rides. And three days before the race, I was out uh, riding the local trails and was sessioning through kind of this little jump and practicing with my body position over that thing. And um, the first two times were good. However, the, the third time through it, I um, got my front wheel up and off off the ground and into the air. I was doing about, I don't know, five miles an hour. Front wheel came down, had my weight too far forward, thought I could save it, went over the handlebars, and I landed in a heap um, just flat on the trail. And I was in a fair bit of pain. I got spanked by the saddle. I knew I had pulled a, a like a hip flexor and, and, and done something to my groin. And definitely a bruise my tailbone as I'm kind of laying there on the dirt, uh, kind of doing the the mental check through for what's going on. And <laughs> um, I was realizing that my wrist was really hurting. And I thought, oh, no, I just sprained it. No big deal. But um, I'll just, you know, see if I can get back up and get it moving again and kind of um, work it out and do that. So I get back on the bike, kind of hobble back on it, shift it up into an easier gear and start to pedal back towards the car. I was, keep in mind, I was 15, 
maybe more accurately, like 18 minutes into my ride, somewhere between 15 and 18 minutes into my bike ride, like just warming up. I was just out for a real easy day, didn't want any accidents because I was just before to do a race a couple days later. And um, I had this, this little tumble. But it was a slow, slow motion tumble, like it didn't hit my head, never lost consciousness, a little bit of road rash, but, but overall okay. But boy, my wrist was hurting. So I get back to the car and um, take off my helmet and the rest of my kit and realize that I can't pick up my bike to put it in the bike rack to drive it home. Um, and that's when I knew that something was wrong. And I asked a, a, another couple who were over by, by their car if they would be so kind as to load my bike up in the bike rack. They did. I wrapped my um, wrist in a makeshift kind of wrist brace with a t-shirt and uh, drove on home and it was just hurting worse and worse and worse. I ended up going into urgent care because something just didn't feel right. They did some x-rays and sure enough, I broke my wrist. So um, that's been fun. I am now, that happened on the 13th of April and I am now um, in a beautiful purple cast for the next six weeks. Womp womp. That's um, that's kind of the plan, or I guess there is no plan. I don't have a plan right now. Um, my plan is there is no plan, and I'm trying to find one, and it's very difficult to control all these things that are completely out of my control. But uh, here we are. I am sitting in a closet with no job, talking to myself, pretending that you're going to listen with a broken wrist, and... Um, not going to race bikes for the next six weeks and the Chilean national championships haven't been held. Um, and I don't know if they're going to be held this year and I don't know if I'll be able to compete in them because I've now done this stupid thing onto my, onto my body. So needless to say, uh, things have been up and down and up and down and up and down. And right now they are at a kind of a low spot and I've kind of been circling the drain for a little while. Um, I I am actively looking for a job. I have been interviewing with several people um, at several different organizations and companies um, for work. Things are looking promising. I am confident that I can be employed, that I am employable. I'm a very good employee, but um, it just takes a little bit of time and the patience is uh, waning. <laughs> That's for sure. So, um Meanwhile, I'm sitting here. Oh, and this is, uh, let me also mention, I am right-handed and this is my right wrist that is broken. So it's my dominant hand that's broken. And um, let's see, how would I describe it? It sucks. That's that's the best description for you, is that this sucks. Um, thankfully, the weather's getting a little nicer. I have been plowing through, I decided to not spend as much time um, unhealthily re- refreshing my email and checking Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff as as I could be. Um, but I've been picking up reading and I do know how to read. As a matter of fact, I'm a fairly good reader <laughs> and um, been working through the Harry Potter series. Just something light and fun and f- uh, full-blown and wholly recognized escapism um, where I can just bury my head in this book and, and plow through it. Um, I'm up to book four and I'm almost through book four and then I'll get on to book five next. So that's been, that's been, uh, overarching kind of, kind of an update for what's, what's been happening. My, uh, other little side projects, I've been keeping myself busy with many, many things. And so one thing that's going on is we have uh, kind of revamped the Toilet Operations Board of Directors. We had a couple of board meetings. We've had two so far. 
We have race dates on the calendar for June for our Cobrick time trial series. And in July, we're doing our Macbeth hill climb series, both of which I am very much looking forward to. They are going to be uh, great races. It's going to be so nice to have um, to have bike racing here again in Eugene because uh, we're the only people that put it on. And so um, I'm excited to chair the board again and work with um, Clara Terrell and her partner Stephen and and the rest of the board with um, with getting these races up and running. So um, I manage a lot of the social media for them, and I'm going to do some more social media postings. And we're getting the flyers out and getting getting ready to talk to donors and cultivate donors for this year and beyond. And um, now that we're formally a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, we can we can do more stuff as a nonprofit than we could as an LLC. So just exciting things are happening with that, and that's been filling up a good amount of time, which is uh, which is good a good distraction. The other thing I've been busy with is I uh, really believe in well giving back to the community is something that's really important to me, and so staying involved is something that I really hold near and dear to my heart. And um, I guess that's been instilled in me uh, since I was very young. We were always involved with campfire and um, volunteering and doing stuff is something that we just kind of grew up with. And it's something that has definitely, definitely stuck around. So, um, yeah, so I have been uh, working with the head coach and uh, league director uh, for the NICA team. So the the... NICA stands for, it's N-I-C-A, and it's the National Interscholastic Cycling Association. And the local branch of that is the Eugene MTB uh, composite team. And so what these what this is, is this is um, 6th through 12th grade student athletes. Um, it's uh, getting kids on mountain bikes and doing mountain bike racing, and also just kind of giving uh, life skills and, and coaching them and and you know, and just kind of being a mentor for, for these student athletes. So part of it is that it serves as a, um, talent ID, talent identification for USA cycling. So they can see if there's, you know, maybe we have the next great mountain biker, um, of our generation that's just been hiding in, in some podunk little town, who knows? Um, so part of that is talent identification. The other part of it is uh, the larger part of it is just, um, promoting bikes and bike culture and getting kids on bikes. So kind of like Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or I guess Campfire as they're kind of combined because it's boys and girls. Um, and it's also, um, we have uh, both male and female and trans riders on the team, which is just awesome. Um, I am super stoked to be part of this. I'm going to be, I signed up to be a, a level one coach. So just the basic level coach. I'm just here in kind of a support capacity um, to work with these kids. Um, there was probably 12-ish hours of training I had to do to, to pass my level one certification. So I filled my time with that, um, taking quizzes and, and studying up and, and learning how to be a, uh, a NICA coach. So that is something that I'm really looking forward to this year and hopefully beyond. I hope I can stay involved with them for a while to um, be a, a NICA coach and share what I've learned through my 15 plus years of bike racing um, down to these kids and, and give them life skills as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be on board with, with the Eugene MTB uh, team and the composite team to 
to uh, share my my knowledge and my passion for bikes, and also kind of gain a little bit of knowledge <laughs> and maybe have some passion re- bounce back onto me um, when when things are tough. So, if you are listening to this, if you are local to Eugene, or if you're not and you're interested, um, look up your whatever your region's um, NICA branch is and look at getting involved. To be a level one coach costs about a hundred bucks, and that is to pay for the liability insurance and a background check. But um, I think it is totally worth it. We're specifically looking for this is my shameless plug. We're specifically looking for female coaches. Um, you don't have to be a great mountain biker. You don't have to be anything other than somebody who has a passion for bikes and and wants to to work with with student athletes. Um, and so it's just it's something that's. Uh, I think has a lot of potential for uh, for some really great things in our community, and um, and I I would encourage you if you're at all interested to to look it up and and jump on board because um, it's it's a pretty cool program. So that's been filling up some of my time. The um, the other bits of my time, which I'm very good at filling up my plate uh, until it's brimming full, and then I'll eat it all up, and then I'll fill it up again. Um, and I keep going back for more. For some reason, I can't sit still. That is just not in my nature. Um, my wife has been trying to tell me that I just need to relax. And uh, I really, yeah, uh, I really don't know how to do that. I am, I am not good at relaxing. I'm good at going. I'm, I'm, I'm quite adept at going. So a couple other things. And a couple, these are, uh, I'll preface with, these are shameless plugs for... Um, for companies and um, and whatnot coming up. So be prepared or fast forward through this. But uh, I will tell you that I, while I look for sponsorships, I do actively look for sponsorships, I am very picky about what brands I want to affiliate myself with. Now, I don't get paid for any of these brands. I do get some free product here and there, but there's no, other than that, there's no monetary transaction um, usually it's just a discount on product and, and I pay for it myself, but, um, I'm excited to, and I'll walk you through some of my sponsors for this year, um, that have come on board. So first off is Le Petit Velo, a small mom and pop French clothing company. Um, they have hands down, and I've worn a lot of cycling kit over the years, a lot of cheap, grungy, like bottom of the barrel cycling kit and a lot of top tier cycling kit as well. And I will tell you this stuff, excuse me, this stuff from Le Petit Velo is just phenomenal. The best bibs I've ever worn and the most comfortable jerseys. I've got a wind vest that um, I almost need to ask him to, or ask to order a second one because I've almost worn this thing out because I wear it all the time on the bicycle. It is my go-to piece. Um, yeah, hands down, the best cycling kit I've ever worn from Le Petit Velo. And they're a small little company. Um, they're out of the south of France. It's just a mom and pop kind of company. They've been around since, I think, 1986 or 87. So they've been around a little while, um, but uh, they just make really high-end stuff. And the kicker is that it's reasonably priced. This is not as expensive as the Rafa or La Passione or you know a Café du Cycliste or anything like that. It is not nearly that expensive. It is very reasonably priced to purchase a pair of bibs and a jersey um, and wind vest and socks and, and what have you. So highly recommend to check them out. And I'm very excited to get my um, 
to put my name for whatever weight it carries behind it uh, by wearing their their product. The other one that I'm always on board with, um, and I'm very just over the moon to be partnered with, is uh, Defeat Cycling Socks or Defeat Socks. Um, those guys are just phenomenal. They're made in the U.S. They're just awesome. Best socks for running, best socks for cycling, period. End of story. The greatest colors, awesome patterns. Um, if you know anything about me, you know that I love socks. And I think socks should always and forever be fun and bold and bright. And they deliver. So defeat socks, hands down. Um, there are no better fitting socks out there. It's just these. Um, <laughs> you need not look elsewhere. Uh, other brands I am very excited to to represent this year. One is Head Sweats. And Head Sweats makes um, technical caps and of various forms and neck gaiters and masks. And they do some apparel as well. Um, usually like like uh, um, like dry fit level kind of uh, stretchy, uh, quick drying sort of sort of stuff. Um, but they make a really nice balaclava with great prints and patterns. And they also make some really nice caps. So they have cycling caps. They've got uh, running caps. They're really in the running and triathlon realm. Um, so caps and visors and, and trucker hats and things like that. But um, they're all washable. So I can wear them until they get really nasty and dirty. And right up to that point, I can just throw it in the wash. It comes out sparkly, new, and clean. And I wear it again. Um, really great stuff. Um, I'll be sure to post links to all of this in the show notes as well. You can see them and see uh, kind of these sponsors. I believe I have a couple of discount codes if you order with them. I'll be sure to share those if I have them as well. So um, it's Le Petit Velo, Defeat Socks, Head Sweats. Um, as always, there's English Cycles, and um, I'm always excited and proud to represent English Cycles anytime I'm on the bike. I'm always, almost always on an English unless I'm on my mountain bike, but Rob hasn't built me one of those yet. Um, that will require a whole nother uh, savings account to be able to afford a custom English uh, mountain bike, but maybe someday down the road. Um, so English Cycles, and then the most recent one that I'm really proud of um, to be on board with is Road ID. This is a company that even before they selected me as an ambassador for them, I have been... Um, preaching their good name uh, to anyone and everyone that will listen. I've gifted these to friends. Um, I just, I can't say enough about the peace of mind that a road ID gives you. So for those of you who don't know, road ID is, um, is an ID bracelet that you can wear. Um, it looks really nice. It's very low profile and sleek. Um, they have different types of bands, some that close like with a Velcro strap, some that have a little like nylon or a silicone like band that you can wear. Some of them have a clasp like a like a fancy uh, metal watch does that clips into place. They come in different sizes and different styles. You can customize the information that you can put uh, that that is engraved onto the the road ID badge, and it's usually your name, emergency contact information, where you're from, your phone number, any allergies that you have. Um, and, and that kind of stuff. And so it's just, it's, it's uh, a bracelet that seems kind of trivial. And I know it's, it's kind of a weird thing to, to try and push to somebody of like, hey, you want to put your information on your wrist? It's like wearing a, wearing a necklace with your name on it. I think those are kind of weird. But um, <laughs> if they work for some people, that's fine too. But, uh, you know, the, the road ID has come into, into service or into use uh, for me on so many occasions 
Um, when I've had accidents or injuries before, either I've been knocked unconscious or I've been in too much pain to think clearly and express what I need, I can hold up my wrist and people know, here's the name of who to call with phone number and they will get me to, to the right help or get me the right help. Um, they know if I have any allergies. They know if I have any pre-existing uh, or, or, uh, uh, pre conditions. Um, it just, it really is peace of mind when I'm out training. I don't go out the house. I don't leave the house without this. Even going to the grocery store, even um, going out for, well, anything really. I, I really don't leave the house without my road ID. It is always on me, especially when I'm training. Uh, I feel naked without it. It's like it's like not wearing my wedding band, where I everything is it feels off when you don't have it on. Um, I don't wear it inside the house because usually I'm <laughs> I'm here with Lauren, but um, I it is a piece of gear that is um, essential anytime I'm doing anything um, active. And if you are at all someone who leaves the house and doesn't live under a rock. I highly recommend that you pick one of these up. Um, I've always got discount codes and special whatever promos and things going on being an ambassador for them. And I, again, I'll share this in the show notes if I have anything. Um, I think I may have some some discount codes as well. They're always running sales um, or always feel free to reach out to me and I'll see if I can hook you up with something. But um, boy, there is just no better peace of mind than having this road ID. It really is um, an essential piece of kit. And I'm so stoked to be able to represent them and and be affiliated formally with them as an ambassador for this year and hopefully for a few years to come, many more years to come. They're just, they're great people. It's founded under a really great mission and I will stop talking about it now because I've lamented this topic too much. But pick up a road ID if you don't wear one already or if you have one, update your band or update your information or pick up a second one because um, now I'm finding that it's fun to have more than one and you could write different different things on them or different inspirational messages or, or just kind of have a different feel for one. I have a formal road ID now. So when I go to formal events and I'm wearing a suit and tie, I will also be wearing my, my road ID if and when we ever have formal events again. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's besides the point. So those have been my uh, kind of pillars for sponsorship and ambassadorship so far for this season, for 2021. I, um, I'm really excited to be able to represent these brands and put my name behind them. Again, I don't have much clout, but I'm, I'm happy to share what, uh, what resonance I do have with, with other people about these brands that I believe in. I think they're doing good things. I think they make a valuable product and, um, I, yeah, I'm excited for them. I am always on the hunt for new new partnerships and new opportunities. If anything comes up or if you are the head of marketing or, <laughs> or whatnot for any large bike brand or uh, other, other company, I am always open to chat. But um, yeah, there's my, my humble, subtle, uh, subliminal, subliminal, <laughs> subliminal plug for you. Um, Man, yeah. So lots of things have been going on. It's been a real roller coaster, like I mentioned before. Um, some days have been better than others. I've been uh, learning how to deal more and more with um, with my anxiety, and especially as it pertains to my life feels completely and utterly out of control, and I am totally and utterly burnt out, and I'm sure most of you are in this same boat with me. 
but the um, there are some things that I keep looking back at and looking well looking back at and looking forward to or toward. Uh, one of those is looking back at previous, especially as it pertains to like my broken wrist right now, where I just feel sidelined and racing is kicking up and I there's this heavy, heavy fear of, of FOMO, of, of missing out. And um, I've been looking back and seeing that like I have had worse injuries in the past and I will recover from this. I've recovered from those. I've recovered from a broken pelvis and I won the the state hill climb championship. I had I can recover from this and still have a successful season. I am trying to stay um how do I say this? cautiously optimistic about my opportunities to race and my abilities to race a mountain bike. Um it's not a time trial bike and I'm I'm really kind of gutted by that but there are so many more opportunities to race on a mountain bike than there are on a road bike right now and to be on a to race a road race or to race a time trial you largely have to be on a team and you have to be on a team that's good enough as a whole to get qualified or get invited to these races so a single rider can't just sign up for these races Um, you sign up the whole team on local and amateur races, you could sign up individually and then kind of see where you're at and hopefully you can make something happen or, you're, or are competitive enough against all of the other riders who are there with teams. However, on the mountain bike, you, one, logistically only have to travel with one bike versus two. So that's that's a, a big logistical nightmare that you that you can you know muddle through. Maybe you bring a second set of wheels, but um, that's, again, just it's not as big as, as carrying a bike around. So one, logistically, it's easier. Two, there are three times more uh, racing opportunities on a cross-country circuit than there are on a road circuit. And while I believe that my ability as a time trialist and a road racer and my ability to just suffer is quite immense, if I can get my technical prowess up to par with my um, endurance capabilities, I think I could be a pretty lethal weapon on the mountain bike. But it's not a time trial bike, and I love to time trial. I love that feeling of just like rocket ship level speed. But um, the opportunities, I'm just not seeing them there. So I, I think I have to kind of bite the bullet and see if this is the route I want to go to achieve the goals that I want to achieve, um, then so be it. And and that's been that's been tough. And then ramping up this season where people are starting to race, um, it's, it's also really hard to see other people racing when you're, when you're not, when you're sidelined. Um, so the, the anxiety has been running pretty high lately and I have been managing it pretty well. Um, my friend Rob has, uh, shared with me this Headspace app that, um, he has a, a plan on the Headspace app. I don't know if any of you are familiar with this. I am not familiar with it. But it's a guided meditation and um, kind of um, introspection into into yourself and, and ways to kind of, um, uh, it gives you tools, the way he's explained it to me is, is it gives me tools into my, puts tools into my toolbox, my emotional toolbox and puts language around things so I can know how to deal better with anxiety and stress and frustration and I am, I am, 
hopeful and optimistic that that can be, again, a good thing to, to work on and to do. So I'm very grateful that Rob has shared this with me and um, I will. I haven't even downloaded the app yet and I've been procrastinating because I think in part I'm a little scared about it. I'm a little scared what I might find when I open up that textbook or open up the app. Um, but uh, I, I think overall it will be good, um, some good hard truths to, to uncover about myself. And I'll be happy to, within reason, share them with you all along the way. And hopefully you'll find some some good use out of it as well. My um, my drive is still there, and that is something that I look forward towards, is that I, am, I have had quite a few setbacks the last couple of months, but um, my drive to compete and my drive to train and my drive to achieve these goals of still trying to get to the Olympics in Paris in 2024, um, like it's it's there. It hasn't gone away, and it's it's every every fiber of my being believes that I can do that. In a previous several episodes back, I talked about vision boards and and kind of making up your own vision board. And one thing that that I had mentioned is you know, the kind of the overarching theme with a vision board is to realize what your desire or what your current reality is and then also recognize what your desired reality is. And part of me leaving my job at the bike shop is a knowing and calculated risk to change my current reality where for me to be successful, I had, for me to be successful at my job, I had to physically be at my job and be there selling bikes, working on bikes, managing my team, um, hiring staff and, you know, ordering parts and whatnot. But I have to physically be there. And that is at an impasse for my ability and my want and yearning to be able to travel, train and race. So the work that I'm looking for is now remote work. It's something that I can do on the side or do at a flexible timeline so that I can travel, train, and race and be better aligned with my goals and ambitions. So this was an active step in me changing from my current reality to towards my desired reality. And that has definitely fueled my drive to want to compete and train and race and try and achieve these goals. But boy, was it a big step and was it terrifying to do. There is no question there. Um, yeah, whew. <laughs> I uh, it's I know I, I it's a calculated risk and this has only been a couple of weeks now but um, yeah it uh, it's still it's still unknown territory and it's kind of a weird feeling so uh, I think that is part and parcel why I'm trying to be so busy and trying to show that I can be productive one to myself and two to to my wife to show that I'm not just uh, slouch on the couch. Um, although I have been on the couch quite a bit because I pulled my hip flexor in my groin and broke my wrist. So I've been laying on the couch, uh, fairly consistently. Um, worst thing about this has been, um, having to, well, there've been a couple of things, but one of them is, uh, simple things like putting in your contacts or taking out your contacts when you can't bend your wrist. Um, I had to do my contacts with my left hand, which is really a weird feeling. And two, um, like holding up a book or doing some of these really benign things like writing your name with your left hand or doing anything writing with your non-dominant hand has been really tricky. But uh, 
anyways, I, I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, uh, I've, been, I've been trying to stay busy to prove to, to arbitrarily everyone um, that I'm still a valuable and contributing member to society, I guess is part of that. Throughout this whole process, um, Lauren and I both have also been very fortunate that we have been, uh, we received our second COVID vaccine, which we've been, um, one, the first one we were able to get through uh, a surplus supply at the fairgrounds. Um, we were on the call list and they said, hey, we have some extra doses. Can you come on down? So we were able to make our way down to the fairgrounds and, and just, which is just down the street from us here at the house. And, um, we have uh, been able to to get our first dose several weeks ago, and just last week we were um, able to get our or last weekend, yeah, on Sunday, this last Sunday we were able to get our second dose of the COVID. Uh, we got the Moderna vaccine, um, which had some some pretty hard side effects the second time around. Uh, it laid up Lauren for the day in bed, um, and and we had a really sore arm. Um, and fever and chills and things, but uh, did about the same for me, except I was on a five or six hour delay from what she was experiencing. And then um, it felt like I had wrecked my bike all over again because I got the shot in my right arm because I figure if my arm's already broken, then like what what's the worst that could happen? It's just going to be even more sore than it already is. So um, for better or for worse, I, I had it all done in the right side and uh, it was fine. It, uh, <laughs> it was just... Um, it was like, you, I can't hurt it anymore kind of attitude, but, um, yeah, so we, we were fortunate to be fully vaccinated now and, um, that's been, that's been nice. We have a very tight knit group of friends that we have been, um, in kind of, uh, have a relationship with, uh, since the start of the pandemic, and they live just up the street from us. They both work from home. And um, the other, we have kind of two sets of friends that, that work from home or are in school um, and and doing school remotely from, from home. And so their, um, their social circles are uh, really, really tight like ours is. And so it's been nice to have a, a really tight-knit core group that uh, we all actually got our second dose on the same day. Um, our first set of friends that's just up the street here got their second dose the same day that we did. So um, we had a, a brunch celebration party, um, and then we all fell asleep at home. And we all went; they went home, and we um, we fell asleep, and then um, texted back and forth about how we were all dying on the couch. So that was that was um, a misery loves company kind of kind of experience. But um, yeah, we are we are hopeful. I know that Lane County just went into extreme risk um, again, um, which is not great. But um, it is nice to have the peace of mind that we are we are fully vaccinated. And that gives me peace of mind if and when the opportunity becomes to travel. Where for travel wise, I'm looking at um, some races uh, here in the states. So it'd be some some quick domestic trips. And then also looking at some races, um, that some mountain bike races that are down in Chile, and um, uh, they are down uh, in like September, October kind of timeline. At least the first week of June before I can ride outside. Um, at the earliest, it'll be the first week of June before I can ride outside. I'm hopeful that I can once my hip and and um, 
groin and my tailbone recover, I can get on the trainer here pretty soon, hopefully at the end of this week or start of next week, get back on the trainer and start some training and and get some fitness back up so I'm not totally lost. Um, Throughout all of this and all these ups and downs, it has been um, so nice to have um, one removed toxic people from my life. I've been doing some reading and some discovery and have found um, ways to identify toxic relationships and whether it's um, direct or peripheral kind of relationships, I have made active um, efforts to try and remove those people or those things um, from my life and that has been great. Um, Either removing them from social media um, just stopping communication, you know, nothing outright and and vulgar, but um, you know, it's been it's been nice to kind of remove these people, and then as it would be or as it would happen, um, it's kind of filled in with new people that are great, and it's been great to make new friends, and I've really really enjoyed it, and um, kind of want to hang out with new friends all the time, <laughs> sort of thing. So. Um, you know, throughout all of this ups and downs the last several months, um, I've been busy. I've kind of honestly been dreading about doing this podcast because I didn't know what I was going to talk about. Um, turns out I'll have an hour of stuff to talk about. Um, and then I'll have a second part to talk about, but we'll get to that later. Um, but it's the, uh, uh, it's the ability to have yourself surrounded with good people and good supportive people people where I can share that I'm feeling emotional or that I'm stressed or that I have a lot of anxiety and having support from folks to say, all right, man, like I see you, I'm here, we can talk. And it's, it's really, it's really nice. It's, it's not something I've been that open about until, you know, until recently, probably the last six months or so. But, um, it's that kind of attitude and idea that like I am, I, I read this today and it was like, I am strong enough to, to be able to share my emotions and, and not just bottle it up. And it's like, yeah, okay, I can share this stuff. <laughs> and, and that's a good thing. And people are positively reacting to it. And I can decide how much I want to share and who I want to share it with. Um, but I, uh, I'm very, very pleased and very happy and very grateful. Um, all of the things, all of the varies <laughs> that, uh, that I have a great support network, um, people who reach out or people who, you know, can, can just, just give me a, a smile and a thumbs up or, or whatever. Um, sometimes that's, that's all it needs, but, um, there's definitely a, a core group of friends and it's good to just have your own core group of friends that you can really lean on sometimes if you need to and they're and they're there for you so uh if you are struggling and as burnt out as i am throughout this whole pandemic i would imagine that that only increases um i'm not telling you to go quit your job and and do this but um you know, it was it was us objectively looking at our scenario financially and, you know, through every lens that we could and saying we can take this calculated risk because we need to change our current reality. And I know Lauren is struggling in her job um, and I'm very grateful that she can support me as I'm looking for new opportunities because 
as soon as I get one, then I have a feeling that we're going to see some other changes in the house. Um, for, for the better, um, no kids don't get any ideas. Kids are not on the table, but a dog is, um, you can get ideas about a dog, or if you have ideas about a dog, please share them with me. Um, I, the, the puppy fever is, um, is, is high. That's for sure. Is finding a rescue dog. Um, we're maybe a little ways out before we can make that happen, but, um, it's getting closer, I think, before we can, or until we can make that happen. Um, need to fix the backyard first. We need to re fence off the rest of the backyard and then we can, we can have a dog proof backyard. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, a dog that's good with cats, uh, that likes to snuggle, uh, as much as it likes to go hiking. Yeah. You, you let me know. Um, anywho, <laughs> I digress again. Um, I, I have a lot more I'd like to share with you, but, um, I'm going to try and space this out. So this has been part one of, uh, the revival. Um, thanks for listening in for episode 20 and, um, part two, we're going to talk more about, well, this, that, and the other, but, uh, largely focus, uh, more in detail about my plan moving forwards and how I've been able to cultivate this plan. And then we're going to go into, I don't have an interview lined up, but um, I'm going to get into a few other topics um, and uh, probably talk a little bit about some of my meditation techniques that I have developed over the past. I haven't developed them. I have learned them <laughs> over the last few years um, that have really helped me, especially when, I, when I'm feeling super anxious. So uh, tune in next time. I'm going to try very, very hard about getting um, getting another episode out by this weekend so you can have something to listen to. Um, thanks again so much. I apologize for the delay, um, the extended delay. Just sometimes life takes over. But um, I will be back with you shortly. And I am so excited that you're back here listening to me ramble on about um, all of my life and and my musings and my goals towards um, uh, towards stuff. <laughs> my goals towards stuff is that is that specific enough? Um, okay. Well, until next time. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Not Last podcast. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop, well, frequently. Follow us on Instagram at notlast underscore podcast. This podcast is produced solely by me. If you like what you hear, be sure to tell your friends. This music is generously permitted by the illustrious Fleming Gosis. My amazing artwork was created by the extremely talented Paige Anochibar. Give them a follow and be sure to support local artists. You can find and subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Stitcher, and really anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm excited you're here, and I hope you'll come back soon. 